I'm sure our listeners will be surprised to learn that today is a very special day. Do you know why? It's Monday. Monday's bungo day. That's not surprising. That does not surprise me. That is not surprising. It's Monday. Everybody. Everybody back to work. Let's just get it over with. What is it? Showtime. Everything's running smoothly. Monday to the KC Morning Hoes on the show today. I am so excited for you to hear this. We are breaking down the history of the Kansas City Police Department, courtesy of Josh Merchant. They are with the KC Beacon, local government reporter with the Kansas City Beacon. We have a brand new KCPD police chief. Talked about that a little bit a couple weeks ago, and I don't want to give too much away because you're going to want to stick around for this, but the lack of transparency in that process is just another example of the systemic grossness of that department that goes all the way back to the civil f-ing war my friends and now we're talking about expanding her role as chief stacy graves what does that even mean i don't even know what her original role was meant to be they're gonna expand her role under closed session come on and the thing is these tactics it goes from jump street and i'm so happy like i said that josh is here on the show today to break it all down rate review subscribe do that thing you do kansas city i love you back in your feeds tomorrow a special taking back america with myself professor harvey k and we got a guest special guest back on the show but that's tomorrow today it's a good day a damn good day to be a kansas cityan we'll see you in the morning bye straight to one place, right to Kansas City. The KC Morning Show. For the first time on your KC Morning Show, Josh Merchant, a reporter with the KC Beacon. And the latest, my friend, is excellent. Thank you so much for all you do. You know, we've got a new police chief in Kansas City, Stacey Graves. You know, the process, uh, you didn't know a whole lot about it. That's intentional. And what we're saying is this thing is very systemic from the very beginning. And this is a whole argument about local control, where it goes back to. And I know you think you got the answer. You think it's that Pendergast trivia question question yeah you're right but also and then some as you said josh in your piece at the kc beacon state patrol of kansas city police it has its roots all the way back to the civil war there's a connection with st louis we're going to jump into and dive into all of that but first off welcome to the show thank you so much Hartzell. it's an honor to be here Thank you for just giving the context, like the proper context, you know, because so many folks, the end all be all is that Pendergast thing when it comes to local control. And so many reactionaries use that as a excuse to deny the people like their voice and how they are policed, you know, how they're served. And they say, well, it's it's an effort to squash corruption that goes back to Pendergast. Well, yes and no. Tell us why it's yes and no. Yeah, we 
fall back on this Pendergast narrative to talk about the reason why Kansas City doesn't have local control. But that Pendergast gap is really just seven years, which is a blip in the radar of 149-year-long history of the Kansas City Police Department. To no one's surprise, it's a little bit more complicated than what can just be summarized in that seven-year period. So let's break it down from Jump Street. The KCPD established in 1874, St. Louis in, I guess, the eve of the Civil War, according to the piece. From there to now, how do we get here? So it's kind of a complicated history, obviously. And when it comes to the founding of the Kansas City Police Department, there's actually not a ton of information about kind of the motivations behind it. There was a really good piece written by G.S. Griffin where he talked about well-documented reasoning for for St. Louis Police Department, less so for Kansas City. And so we do have to look a little bit into the St. Louis history. That police department was established in 1861, right around the time when several states had already seceded. And Missouri was kind of considering whether it would secede as well, along with a few of the other border states. There were some failed votes in the Missouri Congress to decide whether that would actually happen. And so the the governor at the time, Claiborne Fox Jackson, established the St. Louis Police Department and appointed four secessionists into the police board. And one of them was actually Basil Duke, who would end up being a Confederate general later on. And it sounds like a lot of this history is really closely tied to the Camp Jackson affair. I'm no history buff when it comes to the Civil War, but essentially the Camp Jackson affair, it was an attempt by the Missouri government to seize an arsenal in St. Louis. It was the biggest arsenal among the slave states. And the sort of conspiracy to do it was was orchestrated by Claiborne Fox Jackson, as well as one of the police board members, Basil Duke, and then also Jefferson Davis. And one of the really interesting quotes that I found, I talked to someone who works at the National Park Service in St. Louis, and they pointed me to Lion of the Valley by James Neal Prim. And there was a quote in there that was pretty damning when I read it because the police bill was in reality a war measure adopted to enable our people, meaning Confederates and secessionists, to control St. Louis. I knew the meaning of the measure and tried to carry it into action. And so with the support of the St. Louis police, they attempted to seize the arsenal. It was unsuccessful because the the U.S. military caught wind of it. And that's actually credited as the reason why Missouri never officially seceded and joined the Confederacy during the Civil War that Camp Jackson affair because the Confederates took such an L it looks like you know that was one of the reasons not only that they didn't join the Confederacy but also they had to look practically right they had to realize that well they're not going to get everything they want they had to start looking at next steps yeah yeah well so the Reconstruction era is you know famed for being a time when the U.S. government and all of the former slave states especially were trying to limit the civil rights gains following the Civil War so there were all of these emancipated slaves they still wanted to try to control them a little bit and limit their ability to access democracy and access political institutions. And so, again, we don't know a whole lot about the motives of the the Kansas City Police Bill, but what we do know is that it was sponsored by Democrats, who was the party that was chief in limiting civil rights gains during that era. And a lot of the opponents included, you know, radical Republicans and a few other Republicans from across the states who were abolitionists at the time. By the way, just oh, by, no today's, by today's narratives, because some folks get lost in the labels of it all. Like so many of these right. reactionary insurrectionists like to claim Lincoln, you know, because his title technically says Republican. These radical right, Republicans right. of that time would be called woke and wouldn't even be allowed within arm's length of the party today. So, you you know, we got to make sure that the distinction oh, and it's the Democrats of this time, especially as we fast forward in time, the Dixiecrats and what would be the Jim Crow era. You know, it's hilarious how these things are co-opted, but the through line's the same. So anyway, continue. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, absolutely. Another kind of element that I find interesting, and this has been reported in a few other places, in Gwen Grant's lawsuit, she's currently suing over state control, calling it taxation without representation, and her petition has a lot of really great information about this history. And back in 1860, there were only 190 Black people living in Kansas City compared to 8,000 in 1880. So there was a lot of demographic changes happening in Kansas City at that time. And so you can understand why, you know, that might be a point of tension for Democrats who are trying to limit the civil rights gains. You know, we have this kind of perception that, that state control was something that they did in, in the 1800s, and Kansas City was on board with it until just a few decades ago. But in reality, at the time, I found some quotes from a Republican convention at the time from Kansas City Daily Journal of Commerce Archives, and they were pretty starkly opposed to state control at the time in 1870. Recently, we've had, I know at least Mayor Lucas has said this and Glenn Grant has said this, and I believe Melissa Robinson has called it colonial as well. The system of state control is a colonial system. And that's exactly what they were saying back in 1870. There was a quote from a speaker at the Republican Convention saying that it was a step towards the old tyranny that led to the disruption of the colonies in the mother country a hundred years ago. People in Kansas City have been calling it colonial for 150 years. But shortly afterward, they appointed the very first police chief. His name was Thomas Spears, and he served for two decades up until a Democratic governor at the turn of the century essentially fired him. He tried to get his police board to do it, and the police board wouldn't fire him. So he fired the police board and got a new one. And they fired Spears as well as 16 Republican police officers. It's kind of funky. Police officers identified with the political party. Not sure why. Um, but at least it was more, you know, overt back then, you know. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't so much smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah. Well, so one of the things that I found interesting, there was a pretty heated debate when it happened as well. Real Housewives of Kansas City back in 1895. The mayor was mad when they fired those 16 police officers, and he actually called a police commissioner dumb and old and a failure as a result. The quote directly was, if I lived to be as old as you are and didn't know anymore, I think I was a failure, which is, wow, read him to filth. But after they fired Hugh Spears, they also reported that illegal gambling began to operate a little bit more openly in Kansas City after that time. So you can kind of start to see a little bit of the roots that led to the Pendergast corruption later on in the 1930s. I actually noted that line in the piece, you know, they in some ways kind of created the monster that they're now using as, you know, their way of still oppressing and denying us our representation. Corruption is blamed on Pendergast and uses the reason why we don't deserve local control like every other city in, in the United States when those roots kind of began under state control. So how did we get to the Pendergast era, you know, the part that everybody thinks about, or at least, you know, the steps that led up to it. How do we get there? We eventually got local control of the police department in 1932. There was a court challenge that placed the department in the hands of the state government. And a lot of the reasoning was pretty similar to what we see today, stuff about taxation without representation and why are our city taxes being used to fund a department when the city doesn't have any say and what actually happens with it. Kind of in the decades leading up to it, Pendergast had already been kind of building up power and he, you know, essentially bought the city manager at the time. And when they placed the police department back under city control, they reported the city manager. And after that point, there was a lot of fixing of elections and using the police to intimidate voters and stuff like that. It started to seep into state politics, which is when it really became a crisis. And so after those seven years, the governor proposed state control once again, putting the police department under the governor appointed police board. And I think it's also notable at this time, it was seen as necessary, but even the Kansas City Star was saying that it's an emergency solution. It's not supposed to be the way that they wanted to see the police department govern in the long run. Here it is. However sound the home rule principle is for the long run, and the Star believes it is sound in the long run, 
in this emergency, state control of police is essential. So it was only supposed to be an emergency solution to a lot of the Pendergast corruption back in the 1930s. Well, I mean, you know, Palpatine said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so happy that you have these primary resources. Did they have any idea how long they thought this was going to be? Not really. And, and I should say, I know that that was the Kansas City Star's opinion at the time, but um, I'm not sure whether it represented the, the actual beliefs of the, the government at the time where I'm not sure that the, you know, the senators and representatives in the, the Missouri State Congress really saw it as an emergency solution as opposed to, you know, you fumbled it back under state control forever. Nonetheless, Pendergast died in 1945. His, you know, mob boss control of Kansas City was on the downfall after that point. So it, it, they, they solved it pretty quickly, it seems like. Shortly after the, the assassination of MLK, there was some riots in Kansas City. Five black men were shot and killed by police. And shortly afterward, there was like a, a commission that recommended local control back, whatever that was, 50 years ago or so. They said that it would resolve some of the some of the problems happening in Kansas City, and there wasn't really a whole lot of motion on that. And a lot of mayors since then, from shaky attendance in, in the police board meetings, not every mayor was really going to all of the meetings with the police board. There was a lot of distance between between the police and the city of Kansas City, and really just not a not a whole lot of city politicians taking a strong stance until a little bit recently. You know, St. Louis ended up getting local control. I guess why is it that Kansas City still is on the outside looking in, being subject in this last election to you know a pay increase for the department? I don't know what they did to earn that raise, but it was mandated <laughs> onto us because they legally could do that. You know, that's what the Constitution says. You know, why not KC though? Why is it still seem like it's been such a struggle for us? I know there's the police unions that are involved and politicians who have flip-flopped from Wheeler to, to Lucas. Mayors of every era, activists of every generation, you know, you know, why are we still here? Yeah, well, I'm not entirely sure. The referendum that happened in 2012 was a little bit before my time. I'm going to date myself here. But at this point, it's just, it's a really expensive proposition to try to get any kind of statewide referendum on it. I covered a no on Amendment 4 rally a couple of months ago, right before the election, and they were saying that it was something like $5 million to pay for a statewide referendum. And it's just not very feasible without, you know, some generous donor, some generous millionaire, billionaire who's willing to float that money our way. And so it looks like state referendum is not particularly likely. And the state legislature isn't about to give Kansas City local control of the police department. And so the the most promising route from what I hear is the, the lawsuit that was filed by Glenn Grant. And I've been told by the mayor's office that that's not really going to be heard until 2024. So it looks like it might be a long road ahead. Well, can you give us some broad strokes? I know I put you on the spot here, but can you give us some just broad bullet points of what it is that lawsuit brought on by Gwen Grant? Yeah, well, it's a really interesting petition. If anyone you know wants to read it, it has a little bit of the same background that I provided in the story in terms of the, the history, but a lot of it boils down to just taxation without representation, where at-large elections, meaning a lot of proponents of state control say that residents of Kansas City do have democratic control over the police department because we do vote for the governor who appoints those police board members. But it's kind of, in a sense, an at-large election where we don't get to directly elect who represents us and we are just kind of factored into the statewide vote. And they're saying that those kind of at-large elections come at the expense of minority voters, voters who aren't represented statewide that are make up a, a hefty proportion of the people who live in the city. And so they're saying that we're being mandated to to spend our tax money on this police department without really having any say in how or why it gets spent. 
Josh, this was a fascinating piece of work, my friend. I am in debt to you. This was just, especially again, like we said, with uh, the new police chief and Stacey Graves and just the history. I said this at the time and I got some clap back online. It's fine. My my Twitter feed yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> The lack of transparency, as you can see, goes from almost literally day one. You know, with that kind of record, how can we have any more faith in this chief than any of the previous chiefs since day one? So, my friend, thank you for helping us put this into some perspective. Josh Merchant with the KC Beacon, the article's titled State Patrol of Kansas City Police Has Roots in Civil War. Plug all of your handles, my friend. Where can folks find you? Yeah, yeah. Basically, my name without any vowels in it. A little bit confusing. Deep, so my deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle are both J-S-H-M-R-C-H-N-T. And that's where I share all of my stories with Beacon. And I think that's just about it. If anyone needs help on the wittiest of handles, hit up our friend and they will take care of you. Josh, my friend, Josh Merchant with the KC yeah. Beacon. Thank you for your work and it's appreciated. Keep being awesome. Keep telling our story, my friend. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Right about now, NWA court is in full effect. Judge Dre resigning. In the case of NWA versus the police department, the prosecuting attorneys are MC Red, Ice Cube, and Easy Motherfucking E. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass? You goddamn right. But won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Police coming straight from the underground A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown And not the other color so police think They have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on And thrown in jail we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car, looking for the product Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics You'd rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape to tape off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swallowed up bread and water. I don't know if they fags or what. Search a nigga down and grabbing his nuts. And on the other hand, without a gun, they can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one. Cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. It's kept in a stash spot for the so-called law Wishing Ren was a nigga that they never saw Lights start flashing behind me But they're scared of a nigga so they mace me to blind me But that shit don't work, I just laugh Because it gives them a hint not to step in my path But police, I'm saying fuck you punk Read my 
my rights and shit It's all junk, pulling out a silly club So you stand with a fake ass badge and a gun in your hand But take off the gun so you can see what's up And we'll go at it punk and I'ma fuck you up Think you think I'ma kick your ass But drop your gat and red's gonna blast I'm sneaky as fuck when it comes to crime But I'ma smoke them now and not next time Smoke any motherfucker that sweats me Any asshole that threatens me I'm a sniper with a hell of a scope Taking out a cop or two They can't cope with me The motherfucking villain that's mad With potential to get bad as fuck So I'ma turn it around Put in my clip, yo, and this is the sound Yeah, something like that But it all depends on the size of the gap Taking out a police would make my day But a nigga like Ren don't give a fuck to say Trigger of an Uzi or an AK Cause the police always got something stupid to say They put out my picture with silence Cause my identity by itself causes violence To eat with the criminal behavior Yeah I'm a gangster But still I got flavor Without a gun and a badge what do you got A sucker in a uniform waiting to get shot by me Or another nigga And with a gat it don't matter if he's smaller or bigger Show. Show. 